You're listening to Reading Glasses, a show about book culture and literary life designed to help you read better. I'm writer, filmmaker, and book devourer Mallory O'Mara. And I'm Bria Grant, actress, filmmaker, and e-reader. This episode, we're decoding the different types of book awards and interviewing writer, musician, and past National Book Award judge Cecil Castellucci. But first... What are you reading, Bria? Oh, man. I'm reading Ooh. a book that I'm sure all of our listeners have already read, and I'm way behind in the times, but I'm reading um, The Underground Rail- Railroad. By Colson Whitehead. Whitehead. I haven't read it yet. Oh, you haven't? No. Oh, that shocks me. You know what? I thought you were going to be like, how are you just now reading this no, book? No, no, no. I totally haven't read it yet. It hits such a zeitgeist, but I had one of those library moments where like, it kept arriving, but I'd be in like the middle of another book, and I couldn't read it. And then your missed book connections on Craigslist, it, basically. <laughs> and then it would leave, and then I would be back at the bottom of the list, and I'd be like number eighty. Of, oh, I'm glad of you guys could book. finally find each other. <laughs> yeah, so me and Colson finally found each other. Um, for those who haven't read it, it is won like basically every book award ever in the last year. Yeah. But oh, it that's is, oh, good for this episode. Oh, it is good for this episode. I didn't it's, even um, think of that. <laughs> it's about it takes place during the 1800s. The main character is a sort of like strong. Uh, willed female slave and it's about her escaping but in this world that she lives in in this version of history the Underground Railroad is a real railroad system which is so cool it's actually underground it came out last year it's one of my favorite books this year so far that's awesome I recently read his book The Intuitionist oh yeah I know it's my first book I've ever read of his so this is where I need to go back and read them The Intuitionist was my first Colson Whitehead and I was just like blown away by his writing he's so 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 good yeah he's amazing Um, uh, what are you reading, Mallory? I am reading What Is Not Yours Is Not Yours by Helen Oyeyemi, and it is a, speaking of oh, actual, she, oh, won yeah. the, she won the 2016 or 17 Penn Faulkner Awards oh, cool. for this book, I think, or just for being amazing, because she's such a great writer. You just hand them out, and she's, they're like, you, you, you get an award, so you are so good. <laughs> <laughs> she, it's a book of short stories, and it's like her classic, you know, it's amazing writing, but also like everything's a little bit weird, a little bit surreal. I love it so far. It is so I've only the only other book I've read of hers is White is for Witching. Oh yeah. Her haunted house story and I needed to have more in this book is just fantastic. Oh, she's an amazing writer. I love oh, her. She's so great. So we got some amazing feedback from our podcasts. You guys are so great. We are so stoked. This is our first podcast back after we've released the last few. So we wanted to talk about some of the things everybody sent us. It's been really exciting for us to read all of the feedback. We're constantly just like sending them to each other. Yes. Mallory just texts me all the time. We're like, can you believe people are responding to our hashtags? Oh my it's God. very, very exciting. To Literally us. the only thing I ever really want to do that isn't you know, read or watch Twin Peaks is talk about books. So just the fact that you guys are like hanging out with us online and talking about books and what you're reading and your like things that you love about reading and things that you hate about reading. It's just like makes my whole day. It's the best. So first off, we just want to give a shout out to Danielle for creating the Reading Glasses Facebook group, which is great for people who don't use Instagram or Twitter. And there's a lot of listeners in there and they're talking about books all the time. So if you want to head on over to Facebook, just search reading glasses and the group will come up and you can join it and you can hang out with us in there. So in episode one, we we asked uh, people what they read to get out of a book slump using our hashtag hashtag say no to book slump and we got a bunch of responses what were some of the responses oh uh, yeah you guys are so great there were so many cool tips at responsible-ish said space operas or how i say no to book slump which oh. is a great idea love it 
Uh, Sarah Pannenberg said, if you need a good laugh to get out of a book slump, I highly recommend Furiously Happy by Jenny Lawson, which I also read. Great idea. Funny books to get out of a book slump is such a great tip. Yeah. Little blog of books on Instagram got into a book slump by reading too much nonfiction and started reading some zombie dystopic fiction, uh, The Zone by Colson Whitehead, who we just talked about, to get her out, which is a great idea. Something totally out of reality, totally crazy to get you out of some nonfiction slumping. And at T-Rex Reads on Twitter recommends Eliza and Her Monsters by Francesca Zappia. This book book got me out of a horrible book slump. It is so good. And the cover is amazing. If you want to go on Twitter and check out the hashtag and look at that book, it looks really great. Uh, it's a great recommendation. Also, we heard from at Miss Defying on Twitter, who's actually a friend of yours. Yes. Sometimes I say Twitter and it sounds like I'm British. Twitter. Oh, yes. Twitter. <laughs> um, she's amazing. I love her. She's she, she's an incredible writer as well. She recommended a book I put immediately on my uh, TBR list called The Harrowing by yes, Alexandra. Also on my TBR. Um, Sokoloff, uh, which looked really good. And we got so many really great ones. Again, you can just go look at these by typing in hashtag say no to book slump and people gave tons of fantastic recommendations. Yeah, on Instagram or Twitter, you can check these out. I also want to take a moment to thank uh, Maddie Suriano, who sent us an amazing email that actually changed the way that I read. So thank you, Maddie. Uh, She said, I wanted to pass along the recommendation I give to anyone I talk to to about audiobooks. I live in Austin and the public library system provides access to a few virtual library websites where you can borrow audiobooks and e-books and listen to read and listen read on your computer or phone. I have been powering through audiobooks in the past few months using Overdrive, which is one of the sites Austin Library has available. I don't like paying for audiobooks. You can't keep them on your bookshelf, and who knows if you will listen to them. So using the free library resources is amazing, and they have just about anything you would want to listen to. I always recommend that people in other areas check with their library in case they have a similar system. This is amazing because I actually wanted to follow up. I have been wrong about my Scribd account. I have not been paying attention. (laughs) Correction. I have been not paying attention to the email Scribd sent me because I hate spam mail. Apparently it's $8.99 a month and you only get one audiobook a month. Uh, so I have, thanks to Maddie, I have deleted my Scribd account. I am, and I downloaded audio, uh, Overdrive and I love it so far. So Maddie, you rock. Thank you so much. And if you have, you want to send us your tips on listening to audiobooks or your experiences with Overdrive, or you just want to give us some feedback, you can email us at readingglassespodcast at gmail.com. So before we delve into the world of literary awards, we're going to take a quick break. I'm Hal Lublin. I'm Danielle Radford. I am Michael Eagle. And we are the hosts of Tights and Fights, Maximum Fun's newest podcast dedicated to all things wrestling. We'll be talking about Sasha Banks, the women's revolution, Sasha Banks, the brand split, and Sasha Banks' wigs. And we'll also be talking about wrestler fashion. Some wrestlers wear too many clothes. Some wrestlers don't wear enough clothes at all. And I'll be doing impressions of all your favorite wrestlers. New episodes Thursdays on Maximum Fun or wherever you get your podcasts. Oh, yeah, dig it. Tice and Bites Podcast. Tice and Bites. So this week, we're talking book awards. You walk into the bookstore, you see a book on a table, you see a sticker on the front that says award-winning book, and you're like, cool, but 
What does that mean? Yeah. So I looked this up on Wikipedia and started trying to count the number of book awards it, there They're are. uncountable. It's like uh, over 100 just in um, for American literature. Yeah. Um, over 1,000 just for uh, worldwide, for literature worldwide. I mean, I couldn't even get my, wrap my head around it. It was so many. It's so overwhelming. And you don't even, I mean, what, what do they mean? There's so many different awards, so many different types of awards for different types of genres. So when you pick this up, do you think, oh, does this mean a million people love this book? Does this mean the author's mom has it like has their book reports on their fridge like what what there's such a range here so we've put together a list of some of the big main book awards that you're probably going to see when you walk into a bookstore or look or or e-buying books on your kindle or your ipad or you're at the library so you have you're a little bit more informed when you're making decisions on what to buy and what to read so the first one right off the bat is probably the biggest and most recognizable it's the pulitzer and it's um distinguished and there's a bunch of different types of Pulitzer, but Pulitzer for a novel is for distinguished fiction by an American author. And I did not know this, but it's supposed to be preferably dealing with American life. That's eh. true. Yeah, that's true. I actually went and read an article about the Pulitzer. Someone wrote an article about how to win a Pulitzer, um, which I thought was really funny. <laughs> it's like a wiki how-to. It basically was like a like like that kind of thing. Um, but their advice was it was not. I thought it was going to be way more interesting than it was. But basically, it was like go big. If you don't have a personal story, then you should go and take some huge risk and then write about that. Which I thought was. Good, but go also wrestle a bear. Terrible advice. <laughs> and then the other, basically, otherwise, it was like also just write so beautifully, which I think is go ask said a cr- than go done. ask an angry alligator out on a date. <laughs> Look, I think at the end of the day, it's hard to win a Pulitzer. I think that was the point. Uh, the point yes. was you can't eat, win, it, win it easily, so you cannot win, like read one of those articles about how to do That's it. That's so strange. But this is the Pulitzer is, is chosen by a board of literary judges. You know, it could be publishers, it could be other writers. So generally, when you know a book won a Pulitzer, it means that it has gone through an extensive uh, judging process. People who are very uppity up in the literary world think that this book is distinguished and has merit. And if if you want to, if you're especially looking for literary fiction, picking a Pulitzer winner probably isn't a bad idea. Mm-hmm. Next up, we have the Man Booker Prize, which is sort of like the Pulitzer, except for Britain. It's for, you know, it's a high profile literary award in British culture. And the the selection process for this is kind of the same. It has a whole board of people that's like writers, publishers, literary agents, uh, more literary people who are on, all on a committee choosing a book. So again, you can tell when a book is has won the Man Booker Prize. It is, it's you know, it's very probably going to be very well written. It's distinguished. It's you know going to be worth reading. So, so from what I can find, this one um, is the one where you can win the most money of any book award. This is this is let's just, all move to Britain, guys. By, by the way, my pre- preliminary <laughs> internet research on this um, was you win 50,000 pounds. Wow. Pretty amazing. So no no big deal. Just go go win, move to Britain and win the Man Booker. Exactly. Great. So the National Book Award is an, another American award which is great and it's there's different ty- there's four different categories. There's fiction, nonfiction, poetry, and YA. And again this is another one that's done by a board of judges of literary people. So it's something that you can you can trust that you know there, uh, this, there was a strenuous selection process in this book. You know a lot of people think this is a great book. And then we have like more specific ones, like right, yes. like the Shirley Jacksons, which I know you pay attention to. Yes, the Shirley Jacksons are for horror, thriller, psychological suspense, and these are all now the ones that we're about to list that are for genre are, are a little bit more broad when it comes to the people who are choosing the awards. The uh, Shirley Jackson Award winners are selected by a, a bigger jury of writers and editors. All so, and most of those people are they're in the literary world, but they're also you know they're horror writers. They're people who are in the in the genre world. 
And then we have the Nebulas. That's another sci-fi one. Mm-hmm. We have the World Fantasy Award. Again, that's like speculative fiction, sci-fi. And then and the Hugos, also sci-fi. Well, let's and take a quick like 30 seconds and then talk about what happened with the Hugos. The, the Hugh, some of the genre awards, as, as opposed to being voted on by just like one panel of judges, like the Hugo Awards are all chosen by members of the um, World Science Fiction convention mm-hmm. also known as worldcon so basically anybody who is ha, buys a membership to worldcon can vote on the winners for the hugos and what happened uh, a couple of years ago was this like really insane group of right-wing people were upset with how with you know women and people of color you know being nominated for awards because they're a bunch of fucking trash babies <laughs> <laughs> could someone please draw a trash baby please so draw a trash baby <laughs> baby that lives but, in the trash please somebody someone talk about these terrible they, they called themselves the sad puppies yeah they were very they were just upset because they didn't they did they're like get your politics out of my science fiction which historically science fiction has had so many, much politics it's probably in the most political genre there is yeah and so they wanted and so they started they basically gamed the system so yes. they all voted for the same they got a bunch of right-wing and- people to buy memberships and to stack the stack the ballot that to- towards these crazy right wing people, and so it's it's good to know. It's good to be knowledgeable if you're going to pay attention to book awards. It's good to be knowledgeable about these. And things. that was a few years ago, by the way. This year was not like that. Um, we also have the Ritas, which is romance. Edgar's, which is mystery. The Bailey's Prize for women's fiction, like we said. Um, the, the Eisner's, that one's for comics. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we have we there's, there's a lot of awards. This is, this is what we're getting at. Conclusion. A lot of awards. Things a lot of that, awards. A lot of awards. Okay, so what does that mean for you, Mallory? How do you choose? Does something win an award? Does that mean you want to go buy it? Do you go read about all these awards? What is your plan when you see that something is award-winning in a bookstore? Yes. So when I when I say that a book is an award-winning, I, I remember that this doesn't necessarily mean... Now, this isn't like... A, awards don't necessarily mean bestseller list. Awards are not given by how many people have bought a book, by how much it's... How well it's sold. It's by merit. So... I, I have a, I'm kind of weird about reviews. I never read book reviews. I really only trust book recommendations from people I know and I know I have similar taste in. The reason why I love awards is because every year I look at awards lists for ideas of what to read. I don't make it a point to read winners because that's just too much to read. There's too many awards. If I if you wanted to read award winners for all the book awards, you would just only read award winners and I feel like you would miss out on a lot but like I'm a huge horror fan as you know we both are and that's why I love the Shirley Jackson Awards because horror is such a weird genre most bookstores don't have a horror section you can find horror books in in the sci-fi section you can find horror books in the literature section so it's harder to browse for horror so the Shirley Jackson Awards are great so I can just have a a, a list of horror books that are all the nominees for best novel all the nominees for best short story all the nominees for best novella I've just got a ready made list of um, of authors and and books that some informed panel of horror writers and horror publishers liked so if you go into a bookstore and there's a book sitting there and it's like it won this award but you don't really know what that award is you are not more prone to buying it no not really um i don't i don't pay attention to awards in the bookstore i pay more attention to uh awards when they get announced when i'm like doing my book reading like every morning i like to read publishers weekly i read book riot i read lit hub i i pay more attention to the nominees i don't really think about them as much when I'm in a bookstore. What about you? Um, you know, I do go read all the nominees when they come out, kind of like you. And just the ones I sort of care about, which is like the Hugos and the Nebulas. 
Um, and and I, I guess I do pay attention. I try to pay attention because I do want to know what got nominated for the National Book Award or something like that. But I, I'm not as involved in the bookish community as you are. So I think I am not necessarily like figuring out all of those on the day they happen. It's just kind of like somehow I get it through osmosis where people are like, and it was nominated for this. And that hits my brain a certain number of times. And I remember it. Now, the truth is, I am a bit of a lemming. Like if something, if people are like, it won all these awards and everyone's reading it. And then I'm like, oh, I should be reading that. How have I not read that book? I want to participate in this conversation. I'll do the same thing, though, is if a book, you know, and especially in the genre community, um, if, if a book wins a ton of awards or gets nominated for a bunch of things that says to me not so much like oh my god you know this book sold so so much you should get involved and you, you should buy this too but it, it says to me a bunch of people are talking about this and it, like you said i like being involved in the bookish community i like being part of that conversation so if a book is getting nominated or winning a lot i want to i want to know what the what's all what it's all yeah, about i want to be able to I'm do very have much like, part I'm, of that culture yeah i'm a me too i'm like me too i also want to know what you guys I, are I reading know, i want to know what's going on um, what, are you, what, what are you guys talking about <laughs> but i do think that um i like you said we both are interested in the nominations and not necessarily in the winners which i think is great because if it got nominated that means it has to be decently good in most, in especially the ones we're talking about, the big awards, if we're talking about the Eisners or the Hugos or something like that. So we want to hear your thoughts and questions about book awards. Please email us at readingglassespodcast at gmail.com. If you pay attention to book awards, what are your favorite book awards? We'd love to hear our book awards that we don't know about, that you are paying attention to and you buy from. Up next, we're going to hear from a writer who's gone to the other side as a judge on these kinds of awards, Cecil Castellucci, after a quick break. A lot of times my instincts are, are wrong. They're mostly wrong, but they're not wrong in the sense that, like, I misread somebody. They're just extremely limited to my, you know, to my idea of who they are. That was Mark Marin. I'm Jesse Thorne. I'm the host of NPR's Bullseye. I'm so excited to tell you about my new show, The Turnaround. Join me as I sit down with some of the best interviewers in the world to ask them about how and why they do what they do. We'll go deep. Some of the biggest names in media, everybody from Terry Gross to Jerry Springer to Combat Jack. That's all on The Turnaround, two episodes a week this summer. Subscribe now. Tell a friend. here with Cecil Castellucci, who is an author of many things, YA things, comic things, all sorts of things. Cecil, thank you for being here with us here on Reading Glasses. Thank you. Thanks so much for having me. And we're super excited to have her on here because she's also been a judge for several different book awards. And we're very, very curious as to how that process works, both being a judge and how it affects you as a reader. So what what, what was your experience like being a judge? I know you've been you've been a judge for the National Book Awards. What are some of the other book awards you've judged for? And what, what's that like for you? Um, I did. Uh, I've done the Penn, uh, Penn USA um, awards and I've done the golden kite awards. And I think there's another one that I'm blanking on right now. Um, uh, Oh, the focal awards, which is the, uh, the Los Angeles public library award. I did that for a few years. So we want to know how, what the process is and then sort of like how that affects you as a reader. Um, well the process, I mean, basically what happens is that people submit to these awards and it's either, you know, it's either, awards that the publisher submits like the national book awards publishers submit to that um or it's um 
uh, you know, or maybe the Pen Pen USA, or sometimes it's um, authors can can submit, or sometimes it's a committee that sort of looks around for books that they feel would be appropriate for their award and um, and uh, you know compile lists like uh, the Focal Award when it was uh, happening was you know sort of they look for you know uh, California authors. And everybody sort of submits, oh, I, I saw this book, I saw this book. And then, you know, you, the, you as the judges compile a list. So it, it's all different ways. And um, and then depending on how the award is curated, like what the parameters of the award are, um, you know, you either have guidelines or you make up your own guidelines about what you feel is an award-winning book. And then you set about reading. And it's a lot of reading. <laughs> So when you're reading a book for, for an award, you know, it doesn't matter what award is it. Is there something in writing that really always stands out to you as quality? Is there something in a book, whether if it's YA or for adults, that, some, you know, that you're like, wow, this is just really amazing. This is really catching my eye. This is like some kind of something that you look for. Yeah, I mean, the interesting thing is that um, I would say that usually like so you'll get hundreds of books, right? You get hundreds of books that are submitted. and um, and then uh, it's very interesting how it seems to me that about out of the hundreds of books that you get, maybe about 30% of the books are like just extraordinary, you know, not extraordinary, but they're really, they're just great, you know? And honestly, That's it could be any one of those books, you know, that, that makes it to the <laughs> long list or the short list. And I think like, but it, it becomes really sort of obvious that it's like you're really, even if you get hundreds and hundreds of books, you're really talking about sort of 30% of the books that are the books that you're really sort of actively discussing and stuff like that. And I don't know, I don't know how you would say it's so, I think it's so subjective. I mean, sure, of course, there's technical things and stuff like that, but it's not like you look at a book and say, you know, um, well, clearly this is the most extraordinary book that was ever written on the entire face of the planet and there's no contest. You know what I mean? It's like you have you have a, a panel of judges, maybe it's three judges, maybe it's five judges. In general, it's usually an odd number um, so that, you know, um, so that you can have like two to one because you're having discussions about all of the books. But then it's like every single judge is bringing their whole history of their worldview and their life and their preference in reading, right? Like maybe one judge likes books that have a lot of descriptions of things. Maybe other judges don't like that. Maybe they only like action and dialogue. I, do you have crazy stories about disagreeing with judges? Like, do you guys go go like fisticuffs? Like what happens? Oh yeah, totally you go fisticuffs, you know? I mean, the thing <laughs> that's really amazing about, about being a judge is that everybody finds a book that they become 100% passionate about and a hundred percent um uh you know they go to the mat for so i would say that um you know it's interesting because it's like the winner is the one that you all agree on but it might not necessarily be the one that you fought for the hardest you know and then you know there's long lists right like with the national book awards we have you know it, it, there was like a 10 book long list or, you know, you have your five book, you know, five, five winners or maybe three winners, you know, winner and two runner ups. But there's also like, you know, there's number 11 or number six or number four that someone, one of the judges is crying over because, 
you know, because uh, because yeah. that book was extraordinary and it was just nobody could agree to, you know, to put it on onto the onto the list. And I think in a way as a writer, you know, who has not yet um, uh, placed on the podium with a, you know, with a big fancy silver sticker from a from a big award, um, you know, it made me feel better because it was like, oh, you know, this is this is this is really it's it's such a process that you can't really I mean, it's an honor, but it's also like an honor to sort of know in my mind, like, oh, well, for sure, I've made it into that 30% at, you know, at times, you know, like, at least I'm not in the, you know, in the not 30%. I'm sure that every once in a while, I've made it into the 30%, you know, realm. And, and so I think in a way that sort of makes you feel better about the process, because it feels so mysterious, like, why does this person get an award? Or why? Why, why does that book get an award? Or why is this book getting all the buzz? And, you know, as an author, you know, as an artist, you never understand these things. And, um, and so it, it's it, the nice thing about being a judge for a few awards is that you kind of begin to understand sort of what the conversations are. And you understand that it's really just, you know, who had some coffee that day, who voted this way instead of that way, who went to the bathroom at the right time. <laughs> who's not fighting with their partner. So you're saying that rather than learning a specific type of judging for a specific type of award, every judge is really just bringing their own experience. Absolutely. And I think that's what your job is. I mean, your job is to be sort of, um, I mean, you know, there are certain rules that I think with every judging committee that you have to do, right? Like if your super best friend is like, you know, has a book out that, you know, you got to like fess up and be like, that's my super best friend. So either I have to recuse myself from vote, you know, from voting, or you need to take what I'm going to say about this book with the understanding that this is also my super best friend, you know, or my super big enemy, you know, I fucking hate that person. And I have to, you know, I have to put my big girl pants on. And but you, the other judges need to know that I have a problem with this person or whatever, you know, and so because you have to be honest about that kind of stuff, because that stuff you know, you know, we're humans and, and, you know, so you have to be really upfront about any sort of conflicts of interest that you have so that you can really try to judge in the best, most fairest, most even handed with the best eyeballs that you can uh, to really judge a book, you know? Um, so what else um, have you learned about, uh, what else have you learned while being a judge? You know, what, what other things can you say about being a judge? What have you learned during that process? Um, I think one of the most amazing things that I've learned is that there are these authors who, you know, they have no idea that I loved their book so much. And now I follow their career. I'll buy whatever book they put out. I'm a champion, a private cheerleader signal boosting them, but they have no idea. I don't know them. They don't know me. But, um, but to me, they were, they were in that 30%. Maybe they were number 11 on our list. You know, maybe they were, maybe they were number six, maybe they didn't make it onto the short list, but I was passionate about the book. And now I've become passionate about that author. And so, um, so the, the lovely thing is sort of discovering these, you know, these gems that maybe, maybe even those books, maybe nobody bought it. Maybe it was a quiet book. Maybe, you know, maybe it's a mid-list author, but who has a really, really interesting voice and a really interesting career. And I'm following them now, you know, and, and I'm, I'm a cheerleader and, and, and that's really exciting. And I'm, and I suppose that that works the other way too, you know, that there are judges that I don't know about who, you know, who are like, 
gosh darn it, that's Cecil Castellucci. I'm interested in what she's doing, you know? Man, we got, I wish you like, you should release a list that's like, these are the quiet books that didn't quite make it, but we're, we think you should keep up with these authors. Like that list would I would, also I come would out. totally look at that The list. honorable mention, uh, like check it out list or something. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, I do. I mean, it's like stealthy, yeah. but I do. I'm a champion. I'm a good literary citizen. And I, <laughs> I definitely, you know, definitely champion people who, you know, in my way. So Cecil, this has been super duper helpful. Um, we want to hear, um, so tell everyone what you're working on, what, where they can see you, what they can buy of yours um, to support you. And, um, you know, because you've obviously been great in the bookish community, we should support you as well. Um, my, my, uh, so what I'm working on right now is I've got uh, Shade the Changing Girl, which is an ongoing uh, comic and volume one comes out um, uh, in July. And I'm really excited about that. And then I have a graphic novel called Soupy Leaves Home that just came out, um, which is a depression era, uh, set in 1932 about a girl who runs away from home, dresses up as a boy and rides the rails as a hobo. And that's sort of been a book of my heart. I've been working on it, uh, for nine years. So it finally came out. And, um, and then in December, I have a YA romance at comic book conventions called, uh, don't cosplay with my heart. Oh my God. I love it. So Cecil, thank you so much for coming on. This has been so informative. It's been so great to see sort of behind the scenes on book awards and see what's going through the minds of judges and how, how this all comes out. Cause it's all sort of mysterious. You've been great. We're so excited to have to talk to you. You're such a great author. Where can people find you online? Um, they can find me online at, um, at Miss Cecil on Twitter, um, or misscecil.com. Uh, is my website, and then uh, Cecil Seaskull on on Instagram. Awesome. Thank you so much for chatting with us. Now we're going to solve a bookish problem from one of our listeners. Cindy HM on Twitter says, how do you motivate yourself to read outside your comfort zone? Bria, how do you, how do, you do this? Oh, man. <laughs> Bria's like, I don't. <laughs> I kind of don't. Um, I pretty much stick with my sci-fi fantasy horror wheelhouse and occasionally throw a nonfiction book in there. But when I do, I'm going to say I like to ask suggestions for people, especially from people, especially on social media, where everyone has a stupid opinion about everything. Yep. But if you go on social media and you're like, what book should I read? Then I tend to get a billion comments. And maybe one of those is something like, I haven't heard of that. Like, maybe I should try that one. So... Look, social media can be great. Sometimes it's the devil, and it's just full of trash babies. Trash babies. I'm just going to keep using that we're, word. We, we're going to use that forever now. It's um, great. Sometimes it's just full of a lot of trash babies. And uh, but, <laughs> but I like when I go on Facebook, and like you know, I say it, and then like some person from I went to high school with gives me the idea of a book I've never thought to pick up. I also think the other thing I do is um, I volunteer at a place where I work with a lot of people who are not in my age range and asking those type of people is um, really amazing because it's people who are maybe younger than you or older than you or kind of might be reading things that are different from you so maybe ask people who are not necessarily in your immediate peer group Bria volunteers at an animal shelter and for half a second I thought you were going to be like oh I like to go in and ask the dogs what and books I should read like, and I was like you should be reading <laughs> they only recommend Lives in the Monster Dogs they're like this is the number one book this year I hear it's great it's about dogs dogs getting their independence dogs getting hands no 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 I work with I volunteer at an animal shelter and I volunteer mostly with um, uh, people who are either in high school or people who are retired and this is just me and they Bria's and, in the middle and I find that they I've never I just feel like that'd be a great place to ask people like what they're reading and stuff like that because they have all yeah, these opinions a, that great. I wouldn't know about 
Wow. How do you read outside of your comfort zone, Mallory? Because well, I just said that I didn't. <laughs> I totally like to read outside my comfort zone. Um, mostly because, I mean, I read a lot. And if, if I just left myself to my devices, I would just read nothing but horror books forever. But uh, that's not great for my brain. And so the reason why we chose this question for this episode is because I actually like to use award winners to help me Ooh. read outside my comfort zone. Like, what better way to check out something than something that's been vetted by, you know, so many people and has already been chosen. So if I would if you're if you really want to read outside your comfort zone, you know, pick a genre, pick a different type of book that you have that you're interested in. But, you know, don't really because a b- big problem when you're reading outside your comfort zone, you're like, great, I want to read a romance novel, but I don't know where to start. What are the big authors? What's the, like what's a great book to start with? So I would look up awards lists, uh, something that I would recommend, um, something that I really want to do a couple of years ago was I realized I wasn't reading enough LGBTQ authors. So there is um, there's a literary award called the Lambdas. Um, they are known as the Lammies, which Cute. makes me laugh really hard. Yeah. Um, and they're awarded yearly by the U.S.-based Lambda Literary Foundation that publish works that celebrate or explore LGBTQ themes. Um, and they have, you know, there's ones that that are, sp- like, specifically for, they give, like, the ones that are specifically gay or specifically lesbian or specifically oh, cool. speculative fiction. And I can attest to the awesomeness of one of them. They're, um, a book that I got to blurb last year, The Devourers by Andrew Das, won the gay speculative fiction novel for last year. And it's amazing. So, you know, no matter, no matter what you're interested in or what you want to try out for a genre or type of author or whatever, there's probably going to be an award for it. And that's a great place to start. Oh, that's great. So Mallory says to um, look at book awards. I say, just stick where you're comfortable. Stay <laughs> just, stay like, just keep zone. reading sci-fi books. That's all Bria wants to do. Keep reading dystopian fiction. If you have questions for us, please send them to us at readingglassespodcast at gmail.com. We want to hear your questions, and we want to talk about them on our show. We're going to leave you with this episode's book connection, a way to connect with other readers online with the use of this week's hashtag. And this week, it's hashtag book awards. Book awards. Send us a picture of a book that you love that's won an award. Oh, that sounds amazing. Put a cat on it. Mallory's been putting cats on all of her pictures. <laughs> it's hard because whenever I read, my cats climb all over the book. So I'm like, might as well take advantage of this for social media. So you can use hashtag book awards on Twitter or Instagram and we will find you. Hell yes. So listeners can email us at readingglassespodcast at gmail.com. Find us on Twitter at readinggpodcast or on Instagram at readingglassespodcast. You can also check out our Facebook page, which someone has started, and that's just Reading Glasses. You can follow along our bookish adventures with the general hashtag Reading Glasses. And thanks for listening. And, and thanks, thanks for reading. reading. MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported.